are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Welcome, Matt. How's it going? It's going well. I just got off the uh, Steelers practice field. There's only two more practices here in Latrobe, and then I'll be moving back home again for for uh, for good for the season. So I'm excited about all those things. Yeah, I know you're looking forward to that. Uh, a fun time up there in camp, but I'm sure yeah. you and the players and everyone else ready to to get back home, get back to normal. I think we've got to start with a little Steelers talk. We Ooh. we do that often here, Matt. Uh, and I know uh, I know Kate and Marcus chatted yesterday specifically about one Pittsburgh Steeler, but I've got to get your thoughts on what you saw from the rookie wide receiver George Pickens. You've been singing his praises now since camp started, really yeah. even before that, and he put on a show uh, this weekend. He puts on a show every practice, and I think people know me well enough that I'm not looking for clicks or hot takes or any of that kind of stuff. We've been doing this a long time, and I kind of just speak my mind, but it's very reminiscent in my life of my first or second year at Pitt when a young man named Larry Fitzgerald came to campus. Because, oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> you know, at, at that point, we had two corners that you probably don't know, Torrey Cox, Shantae Spencer, both of whom were mid-round draft picks, had good NFL careers. Yeah, and I were very Spencer good. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they were very good Big East corners that were, you know, older. Larry got there and lit them up, and every other defensive back we had the second he walked on onto, onto campus. And Pickens is exactly the same. And... He wow. did it in a game, just like Larry did in his first game against Texas A&M. You know, it was like, this guy's different than everybody. And I like Deontay Johnson a lot, but I bet this time next year, Pickens will have more dynasty value than Johnson. Well, it didn't take you long to uh, to push Pickens ahead of Chase Claypool in yeah, dynasty yeah. rankings uh, and really in, in kind of the pecking order for Steelers wide receivers. And now it sounds like you're getting close to putting him atop the Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver list. And, you know, it, certainly if this weekend's game, week one of the preseason, was any indication, I, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. I, he would be my number one rookie receiver, period. Okay. So if you're drafting, and, and we are going to get into this this yeah. week, by the way, we're going to do some rookie ranking updates later in the week. I know Kate and Marcus are going to handle the wide receivers, but but let's just peek ahead there. If you're um, if you're in a late rookie draft, Brees Hall goes 101, and you've got the 102. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that. I thought I was being bold enough by saying he'd be my wide receiver one over. Well, I I, I, I phrased London. it that way because yeah, yeah, yeah I phrased hard. it that way because London has typically been at least in many drafts I've seen, he's been the 102. So yeah. even if you want to even if you want to say Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are gone and you've got the 103. Then yes. Okay. Walker versus Pickens was a conversation for me because I haven't done a rookie draft in a while, but I was taking Walker at two and then going from there. Um, okay. 
Nice. That would be tough. I mean, London still has a lot of value for me, and I like London better now than I did when I did rookie drafts. But Hall would be one. I think Pickens two. Uh, Hall three, or you know, um, what's his face, the, the running back Walker. Walker, Walker three, and then London four. But that's wow. kind of. You know, spitting that out as we talk talk through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. As I said, Kate and Marcus did talk about uh, about George Pickens on yesterday's episode, along with several other players from Week One of the preseason who are gaining dynasty value, moving up the board. None, none more than uh, than Pickens. So we're we're going to take the other side of that coin today. We're going to talk about some players after one week of preseason action who are losing dynasty value and in some cases potentially even losing their job. And, and Matt, as as clear as the Pickens rank as the, as the top riser of the week, I think the top faller of the week is pretty clear from a dynasty standpoint too uh, and probably from a redraft point of view as well. Antonio Gibson, Washington yeah. Commanders running back, uh, of course, this has been a big topic. We've talked about it so much this offseason, and everyone has. Uh, the the addition of Brian Robinson, uh, retaining J.D. McKissick, both of those uh, really in aggressive fashion. It was clearly not good news for Gibson. We've already seen him fall down the, the ADP ranks, and he's he's lost some value just as a result of those moves. But now that now that we're seeing players on the field, Gibson, uh, he did start the game, four carries, only two yards, lost a fumble, and then you see Brian Robinson come in. We'll talk about him a little bit more tomorrow, and and, and played really well. And then post game, uh, meaning this this early week of practice, we're hearing reports about Gibson practicing with special teams and yeah. and, and taking third team snaps in, in practice and. Uh, how how bad is it? How dire is this situation for Antonio Gibson from a dynasty standpoint? Yeah, I mean, even from a redraft standpoint, right. he's my thirty first running back this year. I mean, that's I mean, it's not even close to being a starter. It's even a borderline if you can use him as a flex. I worry Robinson's going to take the goal line. I yeah. know McKissick's going to take the true passing down stuff. And it just doesn't leave much, you know. I mean, he's a very talented young man, but I think he's never really grasped or developed the finer points of playing the running back position. And they don't seem to be waiting for him in Washington. And I think, side note, I mean, we were talking about this on Peacock and Williamson. I think that there's about five backs in the league right now. Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, you know, that could potentially get traded. I hadn't thought of Gibson. There's not much need for those guys is the problem, but you'd love for him to end up anywhere else. You know, just a fresh set of eyes on him. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm di- yeah. Well, you and I were both super high on Antonio Gibson, yeah. you know, being very, being very transparent here, and our listeners, I'm sure, will remember that because uh, we both suggested – that by the 2022 offseason, this of course being a year ago, by the 2022 offseason, he could be the Dynasty 101. Yeah. He was a, a major disappointment for, uh, for, the, for Washington. He was a, certainly a major disappointment uh, from a Dynasty standpoint, and unfortunately that is continuing. I am still kind of intrigued by the talent. I, I would love mm-hmm. to see him go 
you, you know, maybe he does need to go somewhere else where uh, use him more as a pass catcher. Um, I don't necessarily think he needs to be an every down back type of player, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would just love to see him used differently. I said several weeks ago uh, that, that he and Brian Robinson should have similar value or similar ADP. Wow. That was, that was uh that that's still very different. The, the gap in those, uh, those players ADP. And I made the same point that you did. I think it was on the DLF podcast. You look at Robinson, and I, I think it's fair to say, even as a rookie, he's better suited to be the short yardage or goal linebacker. So, yeah. And we know for a fact that, that they trust McKissick more as a pass catcher, one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. You're right. That doesn't leave a whole lot for Antonio Gibson. Uh, his value is plummeting. I've seen him uh, offered in trades. Uh, early and often over the past few days. Uh, I know at least the dynasty managers in my leagues are trying to just get something for him. I, I kind of like the idea of buying low if, it, if it's low enough. What are you doing from a dynasty standpoint with him if he's not on your roster? Are you trying to buy low or are you just staying away? Well, what I did, is I met, as you mentioned, we both liked him a lot. So I owned a fair amount of stock in him. In every one of my rookie drafts, I moved him. So I no longer own any shares. And I moved him at a loss, but he was worth more then than he is now. He's gotten so low that I would still bet on the talent. You know, I mean, you mentioned McKissick being ahead of him in the receiving world in Washington. I don't think there's any shame in that. McKissick would be ahead of almost every receiving back in the league. So I still think there's probably 25 teams out there where he would be their best receiving option. And, you know, it might take a while till he gets in a situation like that, but his talent hasn't changed. So, I mean, I don't know what the price of him is, but it sounds like he's plummeting to such a degree that he's now a value. Well, it's not that McKissick is ahead of him, and that would be something to be ashamed of. I think you're right. McKissick would be ahead of almost everybody in the league Mm -hmm. from a pass-catching standpoint. What's the concern for me is that Washington was so aggressive in retaining J.D. McKissick, even after he had agreed to a deal with the Buffalo Bills, that they essentially, um, you know, stole him away from Buffalo after the fact um, and and that they didn't clearly didn't trust Gibson to handle that role uh, if McKissick had moved on. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, trust is a good word. It just doesn't seem like they trust him to do protection, you know, um, the finer points of the position. And he was a wide receiver coming out of school, you know. So um, he, he might just end up being a case of what could have been, you know. Gibson is the big faller from a dynasty standpoint after week one of the preseason. But there are several others. We'll talk about some of those guys right after this. This next sponsor is... Done wonders for me, to be honest with you. And it's Athletic Greens. It's a product I use every day now. And I just started like a month or so ago. Um, Athletic Greens is very easy to use. Um, it's a multivitamin health you know, um, situation that just works out extremely well. I mean, it's one scoop. tastes well. tastes great. Mix it with water. And you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. It just gets your day started right. I mean, it's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. That's pretty good. It takes care of a lot of, it checks a lot of boxes. Um, It's very easy to use right away. Like I said, you consume it with one scoop in in water, mix it up, put it down. It tastes good. And before you know it, you're feeling better day after day. They also have some drops I take directly in my mouth. It works as well. Um, I I love it. I mean, I I absolutely feel like my digestion and energy in particular have really improved. And I start telling my buds about it. So I think they're going to start using it as well. And, you know, I used to take a multivitamin. That's great. Um, but it's important to choose one with, with high quality ingredients that your your body actually absorbs. You know, a lot of the stuff when you take a pill doesn't get absorbed in your body and you get rid of it out elsewhere. You know, so AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, which is also you know super important to add in these winter months so we don't get as much sunlight. Uh, it costs you less than three bucks a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Um, Athletic Greens also has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Uh, really good stuff here. So uh, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with this convenient daily nutrition. Again, one scoop and a cup of water every day. It's super easy. Uh, to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back. We're talking preseason dynasty fallers. These are players who lost dynasty value after week one of the preseason, which of course just happened over this past weekend. Every single team was in action. We talked to Antonio Gibson. He's the big faller, but there's some other guys. Let's move over to Kansas City, Matt. Uh, this, This Kansas City backfield continues to be a little bit confusing. We did see Clyde Edwards Hilaire get the start, played pretty well um the rookie pacheco came in after him which was a little bit of a surprise to some people maybe those who had not been following training camp very closely and, and now here we are one weekend and we we've seen two different chiefs beat riders release their projected 53 man roster I, I love those articles by the way <laughs> uh but but two different kansas city chiefs beat riders are now predicting ronald jones to not even make the team, of course, signed as a free agent this offseason. Uh, and, and we saw the value spike as a result of potentially being a part of that Chiefs backfield. Uh, that was, of course, aided by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's uh, struggles or, or, or disappointing performance over the past couple of years. Uh, but Rojo's been no sure thing himself and now might not even make this team. Rojo uh, Jones is a definite uh, faller and maybe hardly has any value left at all. Do you consider, after what we saw from the rookie, do you consider Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a faller as well? Hmm. 
I've never been a big fan of him or Jones. I don't like the players in this backfield particularly. I know that's not what you asked me. Um, and it kind of just dawns on me since we just talked Gibson. Isn't this a team that should consider trading for a back? You know, like you could get Hunt or Gibson or somebody like that pretty cheap. And that player's you know stock would go through the roof for Dynasty. That's what we want. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. I want nothing to do with Ronald Jones, and I'm still not even really in on Edward Solaire either. Yeah, Ronald Jones is honestly, based on reports, hardly even worth discussing. I would, yeah. I would assume if he does get cut by Kansas City, that he he latches on somewhere. But I don't know that that's a safe bet. I mean, right. could. Could we see? Could we see Ronald Jones never play a game in the league again? Possibly. That wouldn't that wouldn't be the most shocking thing? Um, Pacheco did look good. I I, I don't look at him as, um, you know, as a as a long term starter. But could he eat into uh, Edward Solaire's work? Absolutely, absolutely, he could. Uh, I, I like Pacheco as as a little bit of a value, but again. We'll talk about those rookies more tomorrow. Okay. Let's talk about the Jets. Zach Wilson suffers the injury, uh, the immediate response uh, around the, the fantasy landscape and, and the NFL was that he was done for the year. Certainly looked like it could be a torn ACL. Uh, Wilson uh, evidently avoided that, had surgery early this week, and uh, and, and was that surgery was successful. No, no specific timeline has come out that I've seen, but I have seen people throw around anywhere from two to six weeks. So we're definitely going to see him pretty early in the regular season, but probably not back for week one. I think the, you know, that my takeaway here and uh, Matt, we didn't talk about this. I, I meant to at the top of the show, but I spent the past weekend in Canton, Ohio at the yeah. FF Expo. I saw our buddy Marcus Mosier and, and saw so many, uh, other friends of ours in the industry. It was a great weekend. Uh, but I heard from many as soon as that injury happened, it, it was a little tongue in cheek, but there were certainly was some truth behind it that if Wilson is out, we're moving Elijah Moore up our rankings. And uh, now it looks like Wilson will not miss much time. He didn't, I know he wasn't in there for long, but Wilson did not look good to start that game prior to that injury. Uh, what what are we doing with this guy? Is he losing a val- losing value as a result of the injury, uh, of the play in general, and, and is he just going to be another quarterback bust? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I spent a lot of time at Canton at the Hall of Fame, very awesome spot. Um, not not too far from me. I was sitting real close to Akron and the Browns when I worked there. Good, uh, every, I urge everyone to get there if you can. Um, I am. I kind of thought the same thing, tongue in cheek. I thought. Well, that's unfortunate. Wilson's out for the year, it looks, but why don't they trade for Jimmy? And then I want more Elijah Moorstock and, you know, every other jet, jet you can get. With it, I don't trust Flacco or White at all, to be honest with you. But this is not good for Wilson. I mean, he needs every snap, every rep he can get. Right. And camp reports haven't been great. The, the little we saw before the injury wasn't good. He has to be a faller, right? Yeah, definitely has to. I mean, there was even, and, and I... I I don't think there was anything to this, but uh, even prior to that game and the injury, there was even a report that Flacco, Joe Flacco, could be challenging for the starting job uh, just based on performance. 
Do you think I Jimmy mean, could still end up there? I mean, LaFleur and Salah come from San was, Francisco. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got the San Francisco connection there. The 49ers haven't been able to find a uh, a taker yet. I think it makes some sense. And, it does. Um, while I'm not looking at that Jets team as a team that's ready to contend, I do think they're ready to, to take the next step toward maybe a playoff spot. And Yeah, I agree. You know, if it, if it's closer to six weeks for this injury, or maybe even eight weeks recovery for the the Wilson injury, then maybe that does make sense. Maybe they pull the trigger, and and now we've got a quarterback competition on our hands. Yeah, and it's you know you sign him, keep him around for next year in case Wilson is a flop, and you could Jimmy could start next year for you. You could draft another. You know, it just makes a lot of sense. It's just a tra- you know a contingency plan for you because I don't think that's Flacco anymore. Yeah, and interestingly enough, the Jets do play the Baltimore Ravens in week one. Does look like Joe Flacco will uh, be the presumed starter against the team that drafted him. Mm-hmm. Rashad White is a faller, at least in my opinion he is. He did uh, gain 32 rushing yards on seven carries. I believe that actually led the Buccaneers team, but he played behind Gio Bernard. No, no real shame in that. He also no. played behind Keyshawn Vaughn. That's not good news. There was a lot of camp hype on uh, on Rashad White, or a lot of, uh, or I guess, pre-camp hype, and really assumptions from the fantasy community that he would be the second guy, the second option behind Leonard Fournette. And uh, definitely still early. It, it, we could get there for sure, but we're not there yet with Rashad White. Yeah, my thoughts haven't changed on him, but I didn't love him to begin with. Kind of because we saw this game with Vaughn a couple of years ago where, you know, White, I think any rookie running back is going to have a hard time gaining Brady's trust to be out there in a significant role, particularly in the passing game. And then next year when he does gain the trust, I don't think Tom's going to be there. And I think the offense will be pretty bad. So where's our sweet spot here with this guy? Yeah, very good point there. Um Again, we've we've got plenty of time, especially when it comes to rookie running backs. You don't often see, you don't see coaching staffs go out of their way to push them ahead of veterans uh, like Bernard and and even like Keyshawn Vaughn, who's been there for a couple of years. So I'm not quite worried on Rashad White yet, but definitely a situation to watch uh, over the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. of the preseason. Matt, we've got a couple more guys we want to talk about, including a pair of tight ends. We'll do that right after this break. Folks, as of course you know, it is almost the start of the NFL season. And I'm sure you know as well, I adore this time of year. Much going on. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, as I am with both, um, you need a, a competitive edge, you know, any edge you can get to win. And that's why I highly recommend Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for NFL, NBA, MLB. Um, the Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. They're phenomenal, Elias Sports Bureau. It's the official statisticians of U.S. Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL. Pretty good. Uh, their app lets you, the app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias insights from the Elias Sports Bureau's research team. Uh, this app really is your one-stop sh- shop for 
player news, league-validated player stats and team records, expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy team, even just impressing your friends at the bar. Uh, Perfect for the preseason. You get player previews to help you draft a winning fantasy team and team previews so you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. Um, I've I've just started fiddling with the, the Elias Game Plan app, and it's very, very impressive. I've always been a huge fan of the Elias, you know, group in general. They do tremendous work. So here's here's what you do. You know, download the Elias Game Plan app today uh, with new features available all the time. Takes your game to the next level. NFL season's just right around the corner, so don't wait. Do it right now. Find Elias Game Plan in the App Store or Play Store today. Thanks so much. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Matt, maybe a similar story to Rashad White, who we just spoke about, is Isaiah Spiller with the Chargers. 10 carries, 34 yards, but he did play behind Joshua Kelly, who's been getting some uh, very positive reports lately. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like we've seen what Kelly is. Wasn't I'm not good. buying. Yeah, yeah and, and it typically has not been good. I know the, the reports from camp and, and over the past couple of weeks have been positive, but I, I'm still a believer in, in, in Isaiah Spiller, at least yeah, the, the way he's being valued now as a, a second-round rookie pick in late rookie drafts, uh, double-digit pick in startup drafts. I'm kind of ignoring this stat line and, and this news. What about you? Yeah, me too. And if it presents a slightly you know buying opportunity, I'm in. I don't adore Spiller, but I just think that he's better than – Kelly, Jackson, Roundtree, all these guys they've thrown at the fan trying to hit. I'll take my chances on Spiller over all the ones, all his predecessors. And I very much believe that they want to take something off Eckler's plate, including maybe the short yardage work. So, yeah, I mean, they gave him 10 carries. I mean, a lot of these teams just don't anoint rookies right away. You know, they make him earn it a little bit. Yep, agree 100%. Uh, earlier, uh, just a few weeks ago, we heard some reports that Mike Gesicki was looking at a different role in the Miami offense, would be blocking quite a bit more, and that looks like that might just be the case. Not only did he do lots of blocking, but uh, it's noteworthy that he was even on the field because we saw many of the Dolphins starters rest in week one of the preseason, as many starters did. But Gesicki was out on the field, caught one pass for 13 yards, uh, just just not a good sign that he's even out there with the second and third stringers. It, it's surprising me that he's even back with Miami and, and making a fair amount of money this year because it's that type of tight end slash big slot isn't what the Niners want. You know, Kittle's a great blocker, and they're very um, – it's a very important part of their offense, the use checks and Kittle's. They have to be able to block, and Gasecki doesn't at all. I don't think he fits in here even a little bit. Yeah, not to mention all of the additions they made in their wide receiver core. Uh, of course, most notably, Tyreek Hill. Sure. Uh, we're, we're just seeing Fant, even when he is going to be used as a pass catcher, push down, uh, push down the target list. 
probably not a great time to have. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Gusecki. Gusecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the next guy we're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, not not a good time to have Mike Gusecki on your roster. Yeah, you're right. Noah Fant is the final player we want to talk about. And again, same same story as Gusecki, just that he was even out there on the field for Seattle. Uh, not necessarily a good thing. Two catches, 20 yards. Will Disley sat out that game, as did many of Seattle starters. But Fant was out there on the field. Um, you know, D- Disley yeah. is the guy that Seattle paid. And, I'd say and money was, talks. It was a crazy contract. Uh, one, really one of the most surprising contracts of the offseason. And that is really saying something when we've got uh, Chris, the Christian Kirk contract and so many others out there. But... Uh, Disley did not play in that first week uh, preseason game. Fant did. This is another one that I'm not too worried about yet. I like Disley. He's he's been fine. Unfortunately, he's struggled to stay on the field. Uh, I mean, DK and DK and Lockett are, are the real stars here. But I mean, I look at Fant as the third option in that offense, uh, at least from a pass catching standpoint, and. I'm not ready to change my mind on that one yet. Right. I mean, Disley's a blocking tight end, which made the contract all that much more peculiar. You know I mean? It's one of the worst out there, in my opinion. Um, I'm not ready to ding Fant yet either. I mean, I think Pete Carroll's an old school guy who absolutely preaches competition, competition, competition. Fant's a new guy. Earn your stripes a little bit. We're not going to quite sit you down. I mean, he played with Drew Locke. It wasn't like he was out there with a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, that's true. Very true. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.